Hello everyone, this is Brittany Hill and you're tuning in to Six Feet Apart, where I'm chatting with people in my network while we all have a little bit of extra time on our hands at home. We will cover who they are, how the coronavirus is affecting their network, tips they have for staying sane during this time of chaos, and so much more. Thanks for listening. All right, welcome back everyone. I am here with former SAE president, Landon Nash. Landon, when is the last time you were referred to as the former SAE president? It has been probably seven, eight years now. (laughs) You know, I just can't resist. I know. I can't believe we're going on over 10 years. I know, it's insane. And on that note, um, I always like to start out by how we met or how we know each other. And for you and I, it's actually a funny story because it was before San Diego State. Yeah, yeah. You are one of the best friends of my cousin. Yes, I went to high school graduation (laughs) and um, got introduced to you and Annie um, as soon to be San Diego Staters. Yes. And um, yeah, that's how we met. had uh, had the friendship after them. Yes, absolutely. So fun. And then, yeah, ended up becoming good friends at San Diego State. Um, and yeah, it is crazy that I've known you for so long now. And I'm excited to have you on here. You're doing amazing, amazing things. Um, and for anybody that doesn't know, why don't you get into what you're doing these days? Yeah, so in the middle of last year, I launched a completely new business. Um, new business for me and new industry for me. Uh, the business is called Tact and Stone, and it is a menswear brand, uh, an apparel brand with really an unparalleled um, foundation and sustainability strategy. So um, I think it's hard to know what that means, but essentially we we started this brand understanding that the fashion industry is one of the largest contributors to climate change in the world. Mm. It's one of the worst industries from a waste perspective and just a resource perspective. And um, we decided we wanted to tackle that and and prove that you can create high quality, good looking apparel without harming the planet. And so that's based off of the materials that we source as well as ethical manufacturing and making sure that all of our supply chain partners are getting paid fair wages and have fair working conditions. That's incredible. And I feel like with everything that's going on right now, people are opening their eyes to that even more than they ever have. So you you obviously started that mission before any of this happened, which is amazing. Um, yeah. You know, like I was saying, I mean, it, it's completely out of out of what I was doing. I was, you know, I was a real estate agent in San yeah. Francisco prior to doing this, but it all stemmed from just reading an article about the fashion industry and, and how wasteful it was. And it, it was just mind blowing and, and things that I think the average person doesn't think about when they think about clothing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some of the stats that stuck with me and stick with me to this day is it's like 750 gallons of water to make one cotton t-shirt. No. I mean, it's a crop, right? And, and nobody thinks about it. And I, and you know, I didn't either and I had no yeah. idea. Um, but, you know, especially with the industrialization mm-hmm. of, agriculture, mm-hmm. you know, what people like to call traditional cotton or regular cotton mm-hmm. is just littered with pesticides. And what it does is it destroys the soil. So it needs more water yeah. to be able to grow that crop. And so it was just a number of those type of stats that really opened my eyes to what the industry was doing to 
you know, to this planet and felt like if nothing was done Mm -hmm. that, you know, the place that we live is not going to be what we want or expect, you know, 15, 20 years down the line. Yeah. Wow. What were the steps that it took to go from, you know, the real estate industry that you were in before to where you are now? Leader, literally like a leader in this industry, started your own company. I'm looking at your beautiful website right now. What did that take? Um, it took a lot really of, of I think, just learning mm-hmm. and, you know, a, a want to, to learn. Um, you know, when I read that article, I didn't immediately think, hey, I'm going to start a business. Um, I was literally just looking for a company that I could feel good buying from. Yeah, that was kind of tackling these issues that that I read in in, in the article and, and did some research on. And you know, there was nobody doing anything about it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I think you know, obviously, you have your Patagonias of the world that are kind of the north star of sustainability and responsibility yes. um, in the industry, but they serve a very specific market. You know, outdoor, and mm-hmm. you know, didn't offer any styles that I could wear out with friends and family, mm-hmm. and you know. Um, out to work. And so it really started with just wanting to know what could be done mm-hmm. and how do you tackle things um, in sustainability and in, in the fashion industry. And, you know, I'd say I, it took about six months of research at night, mm-hmm. just trying to figure out what that looked like. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, you could only go so far on Google. Yeah. <laughs> and so I ended up finding a conference. Um, and I found out about it like two weeks before it was going to happen. That's and I just said, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to go. <laughs> okay. And I bought a flight from San Francisco to DC and just went to this, this conference with no business, just kind of a basic idea and just wanting to learn. And, you know, it was a, it was a conference called textile exchange and it's brands, retailers, suppliers, mm-hmm. all dedicated to sustainability from a textile standpoint. And I think, just a couple of the, the biggest things that I've learned that I learned at that conference is one, these big companies, these large, large corporations, the H and M's, the Zara's, they're thinking about and wanting to do, to do stuff about mm-hmm. the, the sustainability and about making sure that, that we're trying to build an equitable world. Yeah. But it's incredibly difficult to back in these initiatives to mm-hmm. an existing supply chain, an existing price point, an existing margin. And, you know, they were having goals of, um, you know, 30% sustainable material sourced by like 2030. And that kind of opened my eyes of like, okay, there might be an opportunity here to really start something from the ground up. Um, And I ended up meeting at that conference, one of the leaders, um, one of the foremost leaders in, in sustainable textile innovation and had a chat with him and long story short, ended up convincing him and his company to help me set up Tact and Stone. And, you know, that's really where, where I was able to get my foot in because, you know, I didn't know anything about textiles and, you know, how to, how to build it in a sustainable way and how to find manufacturers to, (laughs) to work with me. And, And so having, having someone and a leader in the industry help me set this up was a huge, huge help in, in getting this off the ground. Wow. I mean, the way that you talk about it now, you're obviously so eloquent. You would think that this has been a world that you've been a part of for a decade. So kudos to that. Um, can I ask where the name came from? Yeah. So that surprisingly, and, and, and this is a question that I get a lot. Surprisingly, it was relatively easy for me to come up with it. Okay. Um, 
you know, I wanted it to mean something, mm -hmm. but I didn't want it to be too in your face. Okay. Um, and I didn't, you know, and I wanted to leave it for up for interpretation so that the, the customer could kind of infuse it into their own life mm -hmm. and, and kind of make their own meaning from it. But to me, uh, tact mm -hmm. or to have tact is to know how to act in any given situation, to be tactful. Yeah. Um, and stone is the earth. Mm. Um, but I've had a ton of different interpretations. I think tact in general is widely, widely understood. Mm -hmm. Um, but I've had other people say stone is strength. Mm -hmm. Stone is everlasting, strong in your values. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I wanted it to be open for interpretation. That's beautiful. Thanks. Um, what about, I'm, I'm again, looking at your website here. What is your personal favorite either category that you sell or item that you sell? That is such a, a hard question, <laughs> especially, especially at this point, because, you know, it, it really was, you know, something that, that I had a hand in on, on every, every product. Yeah. Um, but I'll pick a couple. I think, you know, if you look at the, the product on the surface, it doesn't look terribly innovative. Mm -hmm. um, and that was kind of the point. I wanted it to be able to, um, apply to to most men in mm -hmm. from a style perspective and and really be something that they understood mm -hmm. um, but all the innovation is from uh, a fiber and a material level okay so our oxfords um, I think are one of the things that I'm most proud about okay. that took about six to seven months of r and d wow. to put those together we're the first ones that we know of mm -hmm. that use recycled cotton yarn in a weave okay and so you know the the button-ups and the heavier fabrics are, are weaves t-shirts or nets okay so we were we were the the first to put recycled cotton into a weave and, and that took took a lot of time and really proud of that product it really is the the lowest impact shirt on the market um i think the other products that i that i really love are um, our sweatshirts, okay. our sweatshirts are a hundred percent recycled. Okay. Um, so not sourcing any new, any new material, but taking, um, material from the manufacturing floor mm -hmm. and turning it into new yarn. So we've got a hoodie that saves 1200 gallons of water compared to a traditional hoodie. Wow. Who wouldn't want to go and purchase tacked and stone after this? Honestly. Right. Well, and I think the, I think the other thing just to, that I, <clears throat> I think is a barrier and something that, that we need to do uh, as a leader in the industry. And I think it's going to take a collective of brands. It's not just going to be myself and, and Tact and Stone, but yeah. it's really to educate the customer that um, sustainable materials doesn't mean inferior quality. Um, yes. In a lot of cases, it actually means better. Um, and I think that that's a misconception when you look at, um, I think, just consumer behavior and, mm. and understanding of products in general, not just in, in the fashion industry, but, um, you know, for example, organic cotton, you know, from a hand feel perspective is so much better than traditional cotton. Mm -hmm. And it's 90% of water use on the farming level. Like it's, you know, that's just one thing that I think we need to get past is that the quality of the product is as good, if not better than anything else. Right. It's just using materials that have a lower impact on on the planet and on the people that are working in factories. Yeah. Oh, I love this. I'm learning so much. <laughs>
Um, okay, cool. So switching gears a little bit to our current state of the world with the coronavirus, how has what maybe you're either doing personally or how has it affected your company, your brand, or even just the industry at large, do you think? Yeah, so I'll, I'll address our company at first. I mean, you know, we're, we're a really small company. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we took last year really as a time to invest in our supply chain our sourcing and our product development. And so we didn't really build up a huge customer base. And, you know, that's tough in, in this current climate. Um, I think, you know, I think clothing obviously is essential in, mm. in one, in one way, but, um, you know, I, I think consumer spending is down. We know that. Mm. Um, and I think it's difficult for someone to take a chance on a new brand, um, in a time like this where they don't necessarily know the quality, they don't know the fit. Right. So we are, we are, we are affected and, and we are seeing a little bit of a drop off in, in sales. Um, but I, I do feel somewhat fortunate that we are small Yeah. Um, and that we don't have a huge overhead. We don't have a huge staff that we have to lay off. And, and so I'm trying to stay optimistic, um, during these times and, um, you know, being grateful for what we do have, mm -hmm. um, but we are we are affected. I, I think the biggest concern for for our brand currently is that we were in talks for investment, our first round of of investment. Yeah, and, um, you know those have been put on hold, right. um, which is understandable. Um, so we're we're just taking it day by day. Um, you know, I, I think I think from an industry level, I think. We well, I know that we're seeing a drop off in fashion purchases, right. uh, and that's completely understandable. I think the bigger question is what's going to happen after, mm -hmm. um, and how is consumer behavior going to change? And I and I think, um, in some of the reports that I'm seeing, is that people are going to be more aware of their purchases um, as we come out of this uh, this pandemic. Absolutely. And I think. You know, we are set up in a way that I think will lend itself to that discovery and, and that want to be a part of something more and not just, um, you know, another brand. Yeah. Uh, I think we're going to see a shift away from mass consumerism. Mm -hmm. I think we're going to see a shift to um, more brands that stand for something, whether it's sustainability or give back, mm -hmm. um, inclusion. You know, whatever it may be, and I, and I think that there's going to be um, a consumer shift to those brands, and I, and I think that brands have the ability to really shape the future um, if they are built on the right um, mission, yeah, and not around just to make a make a dollar, yes. Um, and I think I think that could be a good thing, and I think that that could be a positive thing that comes out of you know, obviously this, this catastrophe that mm -hmm. we're dealing with, mm -hmm. um, that we might be able to build something better, um, once we come out of this. Yeah. I could not agree more. I do think that there, that people are going to be so much more mindful of the things that they are investing in. And it's not just their money, it's their time, it's their energy, it's people. And so, like you said, I think that you guys have just position, positioned yourself really, really well with, um, what your company stands for. So I think that that's really amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I hope, um, you know, and, and I think, you know, one of the things that could really make a big difference in, in the fashion industry specifically 
is, you know, a shift away from a race to the lowest price. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, you, all of this fast fashion and, you know, I hate to use that cliche term, but, you know, over the last 10, 15 years, there, there really has been a race to the lowest price. Right. And in doing so, I think there's, there's multiple issues with that. One is just, I, I think, the quality of mm-hmm. the, the product goes down because mm-hmm. you know you have to source the lowest price materials. You have to work with the lowest price manufacturers, which means there's going to be unfair working conditions. Mm-hmm. It's going to be unsafe. Um, and then I think the other is, is just a, an overall mindset around someone's clothing. You know, if you're paying $5 for a t-shirt, you don't value that, right. you know, you see it as disposable. And one of the other stats, um, from the original article that I read that just blew my mind, something like six or seven out of 10 garments end up in landfill within a year of purchase. And that's, that's just because of the proliferation of this fast fashion and, and, you know, the devaluation of someone's clothes. Mm -hmm. And I, I hope as we get out of this, that that will start to shift back a little bit to where people can value, um, the garments, understand that, there is value and you have to look at value on a whole, Mm -hmm. you know, whether you're buying a $20 t-shirt or a $45 t-shirt, which one are you going to value more? Which one are you going to keep longer? Which one's going to be a staple in your closet? Totally. Um, And, you know, I I hope that shift happens and I, and I think that it, that it will. Yeah. Wow. I'm just, I'm blown away again, just by obviously like the, the breadth of knowledge that you have on this. But also um, seeing how you you literally were inspired to do this from an article that you read and the steps that you took, whether it was a mix of almost taking, we were before this, um, we started airing, you and I were talking about the podcast, um, How I Built This. So kind of to throw that question in there, do you think that it was, it sounds a lot more like it was hard work and like these decisions that you made than than this necessarily falling into your lap and that it was luck yeah i mean i you know i i'm i'm an avid listener of of how i built this i listen to every single one yeah um and i think it's such an interesting question and you know i think most people answer that it's 50 50 Mm -hmm. luck hard work and i i think that that's that's probably true i mean there's a lot of things that that have to align but I think it's about setting yourself up to be lucky mm-hmm. and then having the ability to take advantage of that luck. Yeah. You know, if, if I look at my journey and by no means are we successful yet. I mean, we've got a really, really long road ahead of us. Yeah. Um, we're really, really small, but I, I think we do have the foundation to, to build a transformational brand that, that kind of sheds light on, on what's possible. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, looking at my journey up until this point, um, you know, I happened across that article. Yeah. You know, I wasn't actively searching for it. That's luck. Yeah. Um, I happened across, um, the conference, the textile exchange, uh, two weeks before it was supposed to happen. Right. Oh, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> that's luck. But my want and desire to do something about it yeah. and buy a membership to this conference, yeah. fly to DC and, and go to it. That's hard work and dedication meeting, meeting my sustainability partners on the last day of the conference as I'm work, walking out, you know, that's, that's luck. But I think 
you know, if you're passionate about what you're doing and passionate about what you're trying to build and, and you're doing it for the right reasons, you're going to run into those mm-hmm. pieces of luck. You just have to be ready to take advantage of them and, and put yourself out there to have those opportunities. Mm-hmm. So I, I truly think it's a, a combination of both. And, yeah. um, you know, I'm going to need to run into quite a bit more luck <laughs> you know, to, to be able to grow this to where I think it can be. Yeah. Definitely. Okay. You know, and, and maybe maybe this podcast gets listened to by Leonardo DiCaprio. Yes, this is going to be the avenue. about sustainability <laughs> and, and he'll reach out to me after this. I think that's both of our dreams. <laughs> Amazing. All right. So let's switch gears a little bit and talk about what um, your life has been looking like during this coronavirus. What is, what's on the agenda every day? Uh, there is no normal day for me um i'm pretty much a one-man team Mm -hmm. i've got i've got freelance help for for marketing and and my sustainability and and supply chain um sectors but for the most part um i like to be in a routine from a personal level i think it keeps me sane um so i wake up uh i read with Mm -hmm. my coffee Mm -hmm. i meditate before Mm -hmm. i ever check instagram or email or any of that um, and then after I'm up, I check email, usually run into the store to pack and ship orders, mm-hmm. um, get on phone calls. Now, obviously it's a, it's a lot of zoom. Yeah. Um, but in all honesty, the, from a personal level, my life hasn't changed too much. Yeah. You know, I was working from home prior, prior to this, mm-hmm. um, you know, I'm still able to go into my warehouse and my store to ship orders. Okay. Um, the biggest change is no gym, <laughs> which, which kind of sucks. But you know, I'm I'm lucky to live in in LA. Mm-hmm. Weather's been great, so I get outside and and do my workouts and yeah. make sure that I'm obviously keeping my distance and adhering to those uh, those orders. But um, yeah, it's 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 a weird time. I, I think it's it's tough not not being social. I'm a social person, and totally. You now I miss. I miss in-person meetings, mm-hmm. even for work. Yep. I miss going out with friends on the weekends. Yep. Um, I miss going out to dinner. I know. I'm a big cook. Like I, I love cooking. Too. I cook all the time. Yeah. Like I, I, I miss my dinners and margaritas, and you know. It doesn't. I totally agree. I can make as many margaritas as I want to at home, but it's not the same. As getting one served to you at a restaurant or at a bar. <laughs> On that note of just a couple things that you just mentioned. First, um, what are you reading right now? Um, I actually just finished Superhuman. Okay. Um, it is a, how do, I, how do I describe it? It's a health book. It's kind of like biohacking. Okay. Ways to optimize your biology for, for top performance. Okay. Um, I'm also reading Start With Why, Mm -hmm. a business book and, and, you know, building a business around your why, not your what or your how. Mm -hmm. Um, So those are the two that I'm reading right now. Yeah. Everything that you're saying is just, I feel literally like textbook entrepreneur. Like you get up, you read, you get, you meditate, which is a common theme on my podcast. I think every single person, I'm not joking. I clearly associate with the same type of people that is starting their day meditating. And that's really good to hear. I mean, and I think that that's also a nod to, I think our generation and what we value. Yes. Um, And I think that that will continue to 
to come out. I think we're going to build a, a better world because mm-hmm. of it. Um, and, I, and I think, again, is it, just kind of leading itself to, you know, how we're going to shift post-coronavirus. Mm-hmm. And, and I think um, it's going to be our generation that leads it. Absolutely. Is that what you appreciate about this time? Or is there other things? Yeah, I mean, I think it's... I think it's important to try and be optimistic and take what you can out of a, out of a poor um, situation. Mm-hmm. I think, I think there are some positives, you know, or, or at least there can be some positives. You know, I, I think slowing down a little bit, mm-hmm. um, you know, we're in an age where we get so much information and feel like we have to be doing something every second of the day. Right. So I'm, I'm hoping that some people will be able to kind of, slow down and kind of reassess their, um, their wants in life. Totally. Um, and yeah, I think, I think there will be a shift, um, in mindset after this. And I think that that, that can be a positive thing. And, you know, I, I just hope, and, and I don't, I just hope that there's not going to be this mass hysteria or scare mm-hmm. after this, mm-hmm. where people are going to change their social habits. Um, you know, obviously I want everybody to be safe and, mindful of everything that's going on currently, but I don't want it to be a different world once we're able to go back out. I still want to hug people. Mm -hmm. You know, I still want to go to concerts and sporting events and, you know, not feel like I have to be six feet away from each other. Totally. um, Do you think that's realistic? Like what are your thoughts on kind of our process of, of being reinstated back into the world? I think it's very tough. I, I think, you know, for me, I think it's hard to really get a grasp on what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know that we still have the full story, right? Um, you know, about about everything, really. Um, you know, I'm pretty big into into health, and I listen to a lot of health podcasts. And you know, I, I think that this is a very, very serious issue. Mm-hmm. I think that the social distancing is this, uh, necessary. Mm-hmm. Um, but I 100% believe that we'll have a handle on this. Yeah. And we'll be able to pick back up and, and have the life that we're used to. Yeah, definitely. So would you say that that's your biggest fear then? Is, isn't just life not going back to normal? Or do you have other fears in all of this? From a personal level, I think that's my biggest fear mm-hmm. um, regarding coronavirus. Um, you know, I, I think from a business perspective, you know, I think my biggest fear is um, economic fear. Yeah. You know, I think the, the biggest thing that, that drives the economy is, is the consumer's, um, belief in the economy. Mm-hmm. And if it's rattled too hard, I think we're going to have a, a longer way back. Um, but if we can get a handle on this sooner rather than later, I think we'll be okay. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a little nervous on, on, you know, the recovery that we might have. Yep. Um, but I am optimistic. All right, Landon, final question for you. What three tips do you have for people about staying sane during the pandemic? Um, I think one is just take some time for yourself. I mean, obviously I think we're all, we're all home, mm-hmm. uh, but I think it's more than taking time for yourself, taking time for self-reflection mm-hmm. um, and utilizing this, rare time uh, where we don't have to go anywhere to um to really reflect and and try and and do some 
some good work on yourself. So whether that's meditating or just going for a walk outside for 10 minutes or reading a book, um, I think just taking, taking time for yourself, I think is important. Um, I personally think working out, um, it's, it's still a part of my day every day. Um, it's something that keeps me grounded and, you know, and keeps me, uh, um, keeps me motivated. Yep. Um, and then I think three is stay connected, you know, with friends, with family. Yep. You know, I think we have, um, technology that that we've never had before yeah to be able to zoom or facetime or call or text to to stay in contact and i think it's really important to to have that human element and you know if there is anybody in your life that you know you can be quarantined with yeah. i think it's important to have that that human touch and yeah and have someone to be with absolutely those are such good tips amazing and where's um I'm going to put it on my notes for this, but can you tell people where they can find your company? Yeah. Uh, you can find it at tact and stone, um, on every channel. So tactandstone.com, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all of it's just tact and stone and the and is spelled out. Amazing. And I'm on there right now. looks like you have an earth week sale going on. So yeah. hopefully that'll still be going on by the time this podcast episode goes up. Yeah. Earth day is tomorrow and it's actually the 50th anniversary of earth day. Wow. Uh, we'll be running a, a full week sale for 20% off our whole site. Amazing. Well, happy early earth day. And I'm so excited we got to connect. Thank you. Yeah, sure. Thanks. Okay. That's it for today. Thanks so much for listening. This is your daily reminder that even though we have to stay six feet apart, there's no better time to stay connected. So go text someone you love and let them know that you're thinking of them. I know I'm going to. Bye.